Kia ora koutou. welcome to Circuit Cast, news and views of moving image and art from Aotearoa and beyond. You're with Mark Amory and it's critical panel time. We're here at the Audio Foundation in Auckland looking at an exhibition, a survey exhibition of New Zealand-born Sydney-based artist Angela Teatia uh, and it looks at a survey of six years of her video practice. With me to talk about the show I have curator and writer Emma Tavola, kia ora, kia ora. and artist Judy Dara. Howdy. Hi. Mangari Arts Centre, how long's the gallery been going? It's well f- established now. It's part of a crop of a relatively mm. new, fresh lot of galleries in the south of Auckland. Mm. I think it was about 2011 mm. that it opened. Um, you were at Fresh Gallery at that time, weren't you? I was, Tara? yep. I was a Monaco City Council arts delivery person at the time. And it was, I think, Mangari Arts Centre got opened after about 18 years of consultation with the community. So it became something that Auckland Council really championed when they formed. And, yeah, opened with a bang. Lots of great performance stuff in the theatre and a really great launch exhibition happened. Um, and then it's, yeah, it's yeah. it's kept going with a sort of quite high-profile level of mm. programming. Yeah, quite different from the other community arts centres in South Auckland. And Judy, you, you've been going out there, you were saying, off air. Um, what, what do you notice in terms of the audience there? Is it different from the central Auckland? Um, well, I used to teach out at MIT in the old days, so there was always great excitement about this gallery when it was, you know, we all knew it was coming. We got, you know, it would be great for our community and the students that were kind of getting out of South Auckland. It would be some kind of focus for them, something sort of aspirational. And then Fresh Gallery was this great um, initiative that just kind of grew and grew and grew and embraced the whole Otara area. So it had a lot of expectations, I'd say, eh? There was a lot of excitement around it, particularly the theatre and the performance elements are extraordinarily popular, eh? and that programming is very, very robust and inclusive. Mm. Well, there's, of course, also been in parallel an enormous upsurge of Pacific Island, contemporary Pacific Island artists, many working in performance and video like Angela. There's 10 works in the show. It's a, it's a single program, one large screen, 55 minutes. I wondered if we could start maybe by just picking out some works that particularly interested you or, or, or that you particularly liked. The promotional image for the exhibition was um, from Angela's most recent work, and it, it's spoken about in the the text that goes with the exhibition as sort of her... It's been a great year for her. In 2015, she did some pretty impressive things, like being part of the Asia-Pacific Triennale in Brisbane. And so this work has sort of become quite a chapter for her. This is the work on the image of just the bottom half of her bare legs, the malu, the tattoo, and the high heels, black high heels. Yeah, yeah? that's right. Yeah. So I, I went in and I was really intrigued with that because it's quite a provocative image particularly given its locale, being in Māngere, a population which is about 55% Polynesian. Um, So interesting, um, because for me, the image straight away, I know, would get the backs up of probably more conservative Pacific Island um, audiences. So whether that was something that the work was actually about or intended or... Would she, would she know, does she know Mangari? I mean, she's Sydney-based now. Is it, yes. It's a deliberate provocation, clearly. But. I think so, yes. Um, Angela was raised in Otara. She's very um, familiar. Um, she speaks Samoan. 
she comes back to South Auckland and is, you know, part of her community. Um, but what I understand of this work is it really speaks to her space in Sydney. Um, so it's about perhaps a sort of exoticism, the expectations of her Pacific Islandness in that space. So that work, I think, is, yeah, coming from that kind of environment. So I did, yeah, I was intrigued, and it, it definitely is very striking. It's very sexy. Um mm. It looks it looks great in the in the space, and I was excited to see it. But then I was disappointed to see that all the works <laughs> then followed. Um, so I was imagining that her survey would take over both the galleries, mm. and for me, the single channel was just yeah disappointing. Yeah, I found the um, when I was there, there was no one in the space. I yeah. think it was an afternoon, Tuesday, Wednesday afternoon. I was the only one sitting there, and the presentation. As soon as I walked in, all I could see was this exit sign. And this door, yeah. and it just annoyed me mm. right on from there on in. You know, it's like, oh please, you know, this this work is in a in a room that isn't even fully darkened, mm. so you couldn't experience the work, you couldn't absorb absorb yourself in it. So that kind of annoyed me. Then I had to get over that, and then just let myself go into the work. And the one that stuck with me was the uh, liminality work from um, two o one four, which I thought was. Really interesting in terms of how she talked about, um, you know, the, the, the Goldie, the paintings and the, the feeding the chief and the sort of beautiful um, relationship between these two characters. And for me, it was one of the most, I guess, um, sort of aestheticised in terms of filmmaking, like it was beautifully shot and beautifully lit and, and con- controlled conditions and she edited it and things. A lot of the other work was just kind of like one takes, weren't they? They were very raw, yes, very low tech, which I liked as well. Some were silent. Um, they were just kind of like moments of performance. But for this one, I really felt like there was more complexity in it, and clearly she'd had more resources to um, to make the work. And she wasn't in that one, was she? She, I think she had actors. No, in no, she's she in was, most. She was well, in a most of the work. So, and this, this, it was inspired by a hand-tinted historic photograph mm. of a, a tohunga being fed. Fed, yes. Um, sort of breaking the tapu, which is interesting in terms of what we were talking mm. about with the the malu and the legs before. Mm. Yeah. To describe it for the listener, we only see the bottom half of her, and she's wearing high heels, and she takes off the high heels, and she still stays in that that high heel position. No, she leans on the ground. Oh, she's leaning on the ground? Yeah, so she's wearing a leotard, hmm. which I really liked. I really liked the leotard because it reminded me of like gymnasts or ballet or something. So it was kind of kooky. I liked the, that, that use of the, the garment. No, she leans on the ground and sort of the sort of the bend in underwear pose and then she gazes at the camera. Yeah, this was a, a different one I'm thinking which came after oh. it where you can't see the, her top and she's trying to hold her balance on, but it's still staying on her toes and uh, almost falling over. But the one you, you've mentioned, mm. walking, walking, walking the, the wall. wall yeah. From the same series. Yeah, mm. 13 minutes long, which is mm. a, interesting in terms of that kind of cinematic format of, of mm. sitting through all of it. I, was, I wondered if it was a work that was meant to be sat through or a work that you were supposed to come in and out of, mm. you know, that endurance. Mm. You know, I just thought it was quite confronting the work. You know, she was clearly, you know, using all those tropes of, woman in media and advertising and using the gaze and, you know, the sort of seductive kind of repose on the floor and stuff with this sort of ridiculousness of her heels climbing up the uh, up the wall. And I, I think that that was in a couple of the other works where she was just using her body mm. in this very simple way, and I really liked those ones as well. So she's performing 
it's very paired back again and they're just like moments and you can just absorb yourself in the moment and I, I really enjoy that that kind of filmmaking because things are so busy you know these are like respites and they are you know like the one you could tell she was in Sydney in her studio you could hear background noise of cars yeah, and you things could, and yes. it was all low tech you know she mm. wasn't sort of hyping up the mm. the technology and I, I like the confrontation of those works, which went back to the early works. There was a kind of a sense that the, the earliest work was called C, which was mm. a close-up of her lips, um, and it becomes incredibly seductive, almost like labia or something, I felt. Mm-hmm. Then fingers start manipulating the lips, which is quite disturbing. Then, then finally the lips open, and there's a, a surreally an eye gazing out of you, an eyeball gazing out of you. It's yes. really, really quite that disturbing. One. That mm. was great. Was that yeah. a fish eye? Yes. She had a fish, fish eye. eye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, those two works, those two early works, C and Hibiscus, Rosa's Sinensis, um, were the works I'm most familiar with, uh, with of Angela's, and I've curated them both into shows, and um, I work a lot at that sort of interface of Pacific art and Pacific audiences, and it's those works which really, I think, I'm a lot about the language that a Pacific artist can sort of negotiate with they might be talking about bigger issues which are beyond in the Pacific art world or the Pacific world, but they're also speaking to a Pacific audience sort of sensibility. And the thing about those two works is, is as a Pacific Islander, the familiarity, um, the reflection of ourselves um, and that simplicity of our mouth, our nose, our eyes, um, mm. and they're the looking straight back at you. There's a connection with that work that I think has sort of left Angela's practice a little bit and which is sort of you know when she moved to Sydney and I think different dynamics of making and presenting her work um so yeah I'm fond of those earlier works the hibiscus work specifically um because I remember when that was presented at Fresh and what it showed people um In the beginning of the work, you see this beautiful, fresh, high-diff red hibiscus, and it's so, like, freshly picked, and it's sort of just sort of pulsing. Um, And then gradually, it starts to be consumed, and it's disappearing into her mouth. And her eyes peek over the petals, and, um, and she is literally consuming everything that that hibiscus sort of means to you Um, it's so powerful Mm -hmm. Um, and I think at the moment she presented that it was 2010 and it was sort of where we were really at in the Pacific art world it was this Mm. really like taking everything off the old and all those ideals and romanticism and just really it's over now yeah (laughs) yeah yeah gulp The work that comes after that in this in the, the chronology called yeah. Group Portrait was interesting in its relationship to the later work we were talking about with the with the Malu the tattoo, because you know I, I felt profoundly obviously uncomfortable as as a male with this kind of female gaze or this kind of almost showgirl kind of stance with the high heels and everything. I mean, but earlier on there's this work called Group Portrait, which is a documentation of her getting the tattoo, mm. and she's surrounded by men who are gently slowly. You know, going through those rites of, of of providing this this thing, and it was a really interesting contrast to those later works for me that I found. Mm. If if I you know if you were curating the show in terms of the way those sit 
sat together. Unfortunately, they're a little apart because it's on a sort of a showreel. Well, that was the problem we were just sort of talking about before, weren't we? Um, how the programming has been sort of put in this kind of um, strange by by date. You mm. know, it's been organised in terms of you know, there's actually been no curation of the program, mm. which is a bit unfortunate because. Like you say, there could have been these different readings that we could have picked up through these. And some different groupings for the different, different works, Different groupings perhaps. of the works, yeah. yeah. So there was, for me, there was the way the work was presented, you know, the, the projection was really poor quality, mm-hmm. you know. It was, very, it was too light in the room, you know, the architecture of the room wasn't resolved. Um, I mean, there was, it was very quiet when I was in there. There was, there was no one, no one came in. I would have been there an hour. Yeah. And I found that quite surprising. It's busy as an event space, mm. so the thing that I think Mangali is sort of not quite on is that you can actually go there all the time. There should be things all the time, but yes. um, because there isn't a visual arts person or someone who will tell you about a show, you know, in South Auckland where we don't have a huge gallery culture, mm. it is actually about the face-to-face, you know, um, the conversation that goes with it, and that's yes. the success of Fresh Gallery Otara was that yes. He would never go and see a show without saying hello to someone. And well, why, why is it different there? Why is it different at Fresh? It's a, it's a, um, it's a different model. Um, so because there was more money, it was actually South Auckland's first purpose-built art centre. And I think the model was a bit like, you know, Auckland Art Gallery or a more civic institution. You wouldn't necessarily have um, someone sitting in the space telling you about the work um, it's sort of maybe a given that you walk around and you ask you know you read things on the wall or you pick up a flyer or there might be a docent walking around but there's no docents <laughs> there's no there's no one at all so it's become a bit of a void it's quite empty yeah. yeah okay well I'm going to start handing out some bouquets now as well because <laughs> oh. I do feel I, I mean I really like this artist's work and I really enjoyed seeing all of these works together and it did make me feel that the time is ripe to see more of these kind of survey shows of such a rich, you know, this rich practice of, of, of video artists. Yes, it could be done differently, but for me it's, it's a real joy to see the work and to see it up large and not on some puny little screen. Mm. I, I, I like the large projection. But I really like the edging and seeming work from 2013, which oh, where she mother. juxtaposed mm. her, her, her mother completing the final bundle of mm. clothing work. What before. was she making? It was just I'm squares. Sure. She was just stitching... Yeah. Squares, Might be part of some kind of supply chain of some yeah, something else. Furnishing, thing just or, sitting mm-hmm. there endlessly. So a two-channel work of her mother in in the factory completing some work at the same time, which was at a, a factory that was going to start outsourcing, as I understand, the work to China, and at the same time, a similar, not so different in size factory in China where they were working, and and the two were put together. I thought in a visually really really beautiful mm. way. I, I thought it was actually quite sensitive in the way that she worked with the sort of different visual motifs and just the, the way those two things were gently put together. It didn't shout at me so much in terms of mm. talking around that, those issues. It was interesting too because in, in the Chinese factory they were making leather jackets. Yeah, And they were really, you could tell, you know, that the materiality was really stiff and the seaming and the hard work and, mm. the, and then her mother was just, looked like nylon, handkerchiefs or something, mm. was all delicate so there was this nice contrast even between the actions and the materials I enjoyed that yeah yeah I enjoyed that work mm. and it was it was it was soothing in a way and just sort of 
it just made it allowed it gave me space to be quite pensive and mm. I enjoyed that and I thought in my sort of space of thinking about audience and specific audiences I thought that's a work that again like Angela's earlier works could open up some conversation about actually what does this mean for Pacific people and it would be would have been lovely um, to see that work as a separate a separate presentation um, speaking about the survey thing I I actually sitting across from you Judy I think my most favorite survey show was your survey show at Te Papa oh and <laughs> that was I remember the catalogue I bought and I just came back to Otara yeah. and I just thought that was Amazing. Wow. And it is that thing, you know, you take your ideas and you just supersize them and you completely change a space that it becomes like your mind, you know. Mm. And that's what I would love to see. And I would love to see more survey shows, but done really well. Mm. And Angela is making important work. I just, I'm frustrated that that wasn't presented to it, you know, the way that it should have been. You know, all those works deserve their own space, you know. And they, um, yeah, it's frustrating. But surveys are great. I'd love to see more. People like Leilani Kaki is a South yes. Auckland video artist mm. who's been making work for the last 10, 12 years. And we see pockets of her work every yes, year. And then, yes, but I'd love to see a survey show mm. of her work mm. done really well. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed the, um, the water one too. It was great because it, it was really hot. <laughs> <laughs> Lick, then, lick it was called. Yeah, Could you yes. describe it for the, for the listener? It was great. The, it looked like the camera was sort of half underwater, so she must have anchored the camera, underwater camera, somehow. And she was just sitting on the top, kind of just leaning into the waves. So you could just see her legs, really, and maybe a little bit of her hands. She was bent over. And the waves would come in and kind of push her over. And it was really lovely. It was just this very um, gentle, again, it was like the sewing one. It was very kind of meditative and mm. repetitive. And, and then every now and then you'd see some fish. And, but, of course, the importance with this piece is it was done in this, was it Tuvalu? Mm, um, Tuvalu, I think. Yes, Tuvalu, yes. Mm. Yeah, where the um, it's sinking. Mm. So she was making this kind of comment, you know, as her body was kind of being licked away, so was the, um, the, the island. And I thought that was really good too. And it's back to your point, you know, about, again, talking to this audience, you know, and who is your audience and, um, you know, what people know about the Pacific, etc. I mean, I'm curious because now she lives in Sydney and she clearly has gallery representation there and she's clearly making work. She went to China. Mm. She's done residencies there. So I guess, like us all, we have to leave this island and mm. go and experience the world and, you know... Um, it's what you do when you come back or if you do come back or mm. yeah I mean Pacific people have been migrating and moving mm. and shifting and adapting for years and years and years and so Angela's development's all part of something that people can really understand you know I mean we're all part of the diaspora sitting here in Auckland um, so Again, I mean, I don't want to beat it like a dead horse, but in terms of exhibition design, you know, interpretive text um, that would help you understand those themes and the pertinence of presenting an idea like that. You know, when you talk about climate change in South Auckland, what does that mean to a Mm. kid, you know, a kid growing up in Māngere, in in a low socioeconomic Mm. area? So what does climate change actually look like? You have to, you know, what I feel is such a wasted opportunity is works like this and... A similar a show that was presented, I think, last year, uh, with similar themes around Kiribati. Um, you know, 
our communities and our audiences in South Auckland, um, uh, yeah, they're ready to have those conversations to understand and interpret these ideas and, and just add to the value of the work. You know, what's the point of presenting shows in South Auckland if you don't really make an effort to, to speak to the environment, speak to the people? I enjoyed that work and I thought about how important it was. You know, we've just had a big cyclone in Fiji and climate yes. change is, is real. It's, it's mm. tangible to us and um, that, that could have been a work that really, you know... Um, you know, had kids in to really talk about. It's simple. It's a simple work. It is soothing. It was lovely just to sit there on a hot day and mm. think about the sea. Um, but it's the work that can open up the conversation and really get us thinking about bigger things. Emma Tavola, Judy Dara, thank you for um, coming in and talking about the show. That's Angela Tiatia's survey show at the Mangari Arts Centre. You've been listening to Circuit Cast, brought to you uh, with the assistance of Creative New Zealand with music from Te Lot.